Kedushin Daf Chafei. Says the Gemara at the bottom of Chaf Dalit on the base. We've been talking about the limbs that the master knocks out that causes his slave to go free. Amar Chibar Ashi Marav Haisalo Yeseres Bachatach. What happens if there was an extra? An extra means like an extra finger here, or an extra toe, and he cuts it off. He goes free, even though it's an extra one. Amar Avuna the Gemara qualifies Vuhush and his parasol have yad. It's counted along with the rest of the fingers, meaning it's in a row here together with the rest of them. So it's it's really not. It's kind of becomes takes on the the nature of being like a finger. Says the Gemara. Savi, again, what's the rule for when you go free? It has to be a limb which is exposed, and when it gets knocked out, it doesn't come back. That's the rule. Savi, in Nizonia, the elders in the city of Nizonia, those are the pickers of Rav Chisda, they didn't come to Rav Chisda, Shir, Amali, Rav Muna, Rav Chisda said to Rav Muna, Zil Tzaninu, go and like put them in Chirim. He was upset, right? He was upset that uh, the idea that they wouldn't come to the Shir, it's very important to show up to the Shir. So Rav Muna went, Rav Muna went on, on behalf of Rav Chisal's Amalu, he went and he said to him, How come you haven't come to Rav Chisal's Shir? Amalu, they said, Why should we come? Divina Milsim, he said, when we ask a question from him, and he doesn't give us an answer. So they didn't have enough respect for him. Amalu, Rav Muna said, Have you ever asked me a question and I didn't give you the answer? So it's very unclear what Rav Muna is trying to respond, right? The question is why they didn't go to Rav Chisar Shir. They're saying they didn't go to Rav Chisar Shir because they asked him a question and he didn't have an answer. Rav Muna is saying, yeah, but did you ever ask me a question and I didn't have an answer? So why does that help to go to Rav Chisar Shir? They're not going to go to Rav Muna Shir. So Bamine, they asked him the question. Evich, says, Rav if they, let's say a slave, the master had been misarisim. So Messiah Sim is making a blemish in his baitum in the testicles. So the question is, is that like an exposed thing? He goes free or low or not? And the idea is that it's definitely, they're, 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 they're visibly hanging, so they could be considered like exposed organs, but they're always encased. So since they're always encased, maybe they're considered hidden. And so therefore, that's the question about whether or not a, a, a blemish here, if he, makes, if he cuts off a limb, that of the, of the testicles, is that going to cause the slave to go free or not? So, love of the other, Ramuna actually did not have an answer. So, Amrullah, they said, Mashmach, what's your name? Amrullah, he said, My name is Amuna. Amrullah, they said, Love Amuna, Ella Karnuna. They mamish, you know, they embarrass him. Your name is not Amuna, it's Karnuna. They're trying to say, Your, your total Amar is Karnuna. comes out from the Lush and says of Kronos, people who hang out on the street corners. So, you're, uh, you're more of a hangout person than a, than a Torah scholar. I saw the comment of Rav Chisra. Muna came to Rav Chisra. He told him the whole story. Rav Chisra said, They actually asked you a question which is resolved from a price. Now it says in a Mishnah. Here we start with a Mishnah. The 24 tips of limbs in a person. Remember the 24 tips of the limbs which are exposed when you cut off, don't come back. They're not susceptible to tumma of Michia. So there's different times, you know, with patches of Tsaras on a person's skin, which could be Matame. And one of the things, the signs of those discoloration is that inside of the spot, there's a Michia. There seems to be healthy flesh, healthy skin, which is growing inside the white. So you get like a Tsaras spot, like a white, and inside there's a Michia, there's a live spot. Now, the one thing that the Torah says is that the whole spot of the Tsaras has to be visible all at a glance, where everybody, where the coin can see it all together. But the tips of the limbs, so the whole point is that they slope in different directions, like a finger or a toe. So therefore, we say that um, the, 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 there's not, it's not shy to the, to the Tumah of Michia, because the Torah by the Tumah of Michia says specifically that the coin is looking at the totality of it all together, and we're on the tips where it goes around different sides, he's not going to be able to see it. So there's no Tumah from Michia for these 24. These are them. The tips of the fingers and the toes, Rashi has nine, the edges of the ears, Rashi has the tip of the nose, Rashi that's the tip of the gid. Rashi the tip of a woman's breast, even the breasts from a man are enough of a slope that the coin wouldn't see all of it at the same moment. But Tanya Allah, 
Okay, so therefore that's not related to us. That's all for the tomb of Saras, for the, for the Michia, which comes, and we're saying Michia does not be Matame a spot where the Kohen can't see it all uh, at the same time in a place where it's slow. So but now, Patani Allah, the Brisa adds to the Mishnah, Bakulam, regarding the loss of any of these limbs, Evdios and Mecheris, a slave would go free. Meaning the same 24 that we're listing here that are Matame for Michia by Saras, that causes a slave to go free. What's the point? They're exposed. And they do not come back if they're cut off. Rabbi Yomir Afa Sirus. Rabbi adds, even Sirus, even when Sirus, when something happens to the testicles, are cut. Rabbi Nasi Yomir Afa Lashon, even the tongue. So what do we see over here? That there's definitely we're talking about Sirus. So now Omar Marav Kista analyzes it to bring his proof. Rabbi Yomir Afa Sirus, Sirus Demai. What does he mean, Sirus? What is being caught? So sometimes, just to give a little introduction, Sirus just means generally like when you make a person unable to father children like castration in general. But there's two ways to do that. You can do that to the kid. You can do that to the testicles. So what did he mean? I already spoke about the tip of the, of, 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 of the, of the kid. So that was one of the 24. So Rebbe wouldn't be adding anything if he said, afasaris. I'll have serious debates. And Rebbe clearly is referring to when he's castrated because the, the baits are being cut off. So very clearly, Rebbe is adding, Rebbe is saying that even that is something that the slave would go free. And he's disagreeing with the Tanakama. The Tanakama of the Brides was saying only the 24. That one of those was, was only the Russia Gid, but not the testicles. And Rebbe is adding, afasiris, even the testicles. So it comes out very clear. According to the Tanakama, cutting of the testicles would not set the slave free. According to Rebbe, it would. So we see very clear. So he was there asking you a question which you could have resolved from the price. Now the Gemara analyzes further. Rebbe Omer Af Hasiris. Even the Sears, but he did, sounds like, according to him, the tongue not. In other words, the Tanakama said the 24, Rebbe said the testicles, and then uh, Benazai is saying the tongue. So it sounds like for Rebbe, Rebbe Lashon Lo, is it really true that according to Rebbe, the loss of the tongue doesn't, send, doesn't set him free? And I guess the idea would be that the tongue is not considered exposed, even though at times it pops out. But no, mostly it's, it's, a, hidden, it's, a, hidden, it's a hidden organ. So the Gemara says, Raminu, we have a stira. It says, The Kohen was sprinkling the, the Paraduma water. It's amazing today. She, it's a tour of all different areas of halacha, all combining the same thing. What's an exposed limb and what's not an exposed limb. But already we've seen so far three different contexts where this matters in halacha. It matters in halacha regarding the, 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 the Tomas Michia, where we were talking about the 24 that came up. Then the Barais have said those 24 that come up free the, the Evet. And then we have Rebbe adding the testicles and Penaze um, adding the tongue. And now we want to know for the Tumah Paraduma. So what happens? The tumma that, that's being purified by the paraduma. Allah is the pasuk says umaza. He spritz. The person becomes spritz. So what does that mean? Spritz. Some of the water that's mixed with the ashes of the paraduma hits the person's body. So we learn that it has to hit. It doesn't touch every spot of his body. Obviously, it's not like a mikvah, but it has to touch an exposed part of his body. If it touches a hidden part of his body, then he doesn't become tar. So what happens if the coin spritz into the water and it has to land on an exposed part? But what happened was The sprinkling splatters onto his mouth. It hit his mouth. Rabbi Omer Hizar. Rabbi says it's good. That's considered exposed. So it's not good because the mouth is, is considered hidden. So what's going on? My love, what, what did it hit? Presumably it hit the tongue. And that's what they're arguing about. Rebbe is saying it's good, holds the tongue is considered exposed. So it comes, it comes out then a contradiction to Rebbe. In the first prize, where Rebbe was, said even the testicles set him free. It was Mashman, he disagreed with Ben Azai, who said afterwards the tongue. Here you see in Rebbe holds that the tongue is considered an exposed organ. So is the tongue exposed or not in the opinion of Rebbe? Says the Gemara, Lo, the Machlokas, Rebbe and the Rabbana is not talking about the tongue. The tongue they might, everyone might hold is considered hidden. But rather, else false. So we're talking about the lips. Rebbe holds the lips are exposed, but not the tongue. And uh, the Chamer argument. 
that. But says the Gemara, this is obvious, meaning to say, there's no need for the Rebbe to say it, and there's no way that the Chachamim would argue on that. The lips are clearly exposed. Says the Gemara, no, the a person purses his lips together tight, and they're, right, and they're not visible. You could make it you couldn't make it hidden. So therefore, that's the rationale for the Chachamim Kamashalon. Rebbe is telling us, no, they're considered exposed. So it comes out, we're saying, at this point, that the Machlokas is only on the lips, on the tongue, everyone would agree it's hidden. It was only Ben Azai who held that the tongue was considered exposed. Says the Gemara, it's not true. Tanya, the Chachamim, when we bring another Bryce, where Rebbe and the Chachamim argue about this case of the Paradigm of Water, it says in the Bryce that Al Lishono, on his tongue. So the previous Bryce just said on the mouth. So we could defend that it means the lips, not the tongue. But here it says, it says on the tongue. So you're totally stuck. We see clearly that Rebbe holds the tongue is exposed. But Tanya, furthermore, it says in the Bryce, so now you get a fourth area of halacha that we're comparing this to. Blemishes that make a, a, a carbon not fit for, for, for hakrava. It happens to be here, we're talking about a carbon bukhar, and this nagea, whether or not, you know, what you do with it, because a bukhar balmum can just be given to the and he slaughters it for supper in his backyard, as opposed to bringing God as a karma. But it's really true in general for blemishes, what are possible for akrava. So it says, is no good if the majority of the tongue is removed. So I just want to clarify something that the, a blemish, one of the most important definitions of what a blemish apostles from carbon, this is after all the klolim and the examples the Torah gives, is that it's an exposed limb. That's being exposed in. So it says over here that if the majority of the tongue is removed, Rabbi Omar, Rabbi Medavashal Hashona, lost the majority of the speaking part of the tongue, makes him makes the carbon no good. So clearly the tongue, according to Rabbi, is an exposed organ. So we have we have another place where Rabbi considers it exposed. So going back to us, now we have a kasha. Why is Rabbi saying even the, the, even the testicles, and then Ben Azay says, even the tongue, it sounds like Rebbe holds the tongue, no. We see from other places that Rebbe holds the tongue is considered exposed. So the Gemara explains, Allah, rather, you're right, Rebbe Omar Sirius, when Rebbe said that the cutting of the testicles makes him free, he meant not to exclude the tongue, but rather it goes without saying that the loss of the tongue frees the slave, because the tongue is more exposed than the testicles are. When a person speaks, the Gemara is arguing now that the tongue fully is seen. The testicles are always in case. Right? So, 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 so that's the opinion of Rebbe for sure the tongue. Ben Azim was saying the tongue of Osiris low, but not the testicles. So my af. So what did Ben Azim mean when he said also? Because he's not adding to Rebbe. If anything, he's limiting what Rebbe was saying. Come on, you're just going on the 24. The order of Ben Azim and then Rebbe. If it's really the 24, then add the the tongue, and then say even testicles, because the tongue is more exposed than the testicles are, so should, the order should have been a, a flip. So, as the Tana Shama the Rebbe, the Tana first heard Rebbe Bukava, he put it as part of the rites. Shama the Rebbe then he heard Benazai as well, Vatani, and he threw it in as an addition to the rites. So, Mishnah was also Bukama, but the text of the rites, it wasn't moved around. So, you're right, if it was all taught together, it would have made more sense to say even the, tes- even the, even the, even the tongue, and then add even the testicles. But because that was just the order of the way it was taught, the way the information was received, so it was left in that way. Okay, now the Gemara comes out after we learn this big machlekes. Is the tongue considered exposed? So now again, it's Nagea to Bukhar. Bukhar Balmum. It's Nagea to the Paraduma hitting water, hitting it. And it's Nagea to uh, a slave going free. So Amar Ula, Hakumodim Balashan, everybody agrees about the tongue. Linyan Tumah, in regard to becoming Tumah, just to explain a little bit that when something is being Matame, a person's body, it's only Matame, a body, if it touches an exposed organ. If it touches an exposed organ, then the whole body becomes Tumah. But it has to touch an exposed organ. Rashi gives us a whole source where we learn that from, not for us, but Al Kopanim, that's the Yisut. So everybody agrees, let's say something Tumah touches a person's tongue. 
Not the rest of your body. Touch your tongue. Do you become tummies? Everybody agrees about the tongue regarding Tumma de Golu It's considered exposed with Tumma Sharetz. If it came in contact with the tongue with the Sharetz, the whole person becomes tummies. Everybody agrees it's exposed. My time, huh? Why does everybody agree? Asher Yigwachmona, the Torah says this, which he should touch. I mean, the tongue, Baranagia, is something which can be touched outside the body. So, meaning, even though it's not completely exposed, you can touch outside of the body. So, that's the idea of Kiyiga, to make a Nagia that's outside of where the body is. Fine. Then regarding to be tovalit. So this is the question. You have to tovel the exposed parts of your body. You don't have to be, when you go to the mikvah, you don't have to open up, you know, all the, the holes and make sure the water gets to the inside of the body. You don't have to. So what about what about the tongue? If the tongue is exposed, does the person have to open up his mouth and make sure the tongue gets to the water? Everybody agrees it's hidden. You do not have to open up your mouth and make sure the water gets to your tongue. My time, why not? It's exposed. It's all about besara, flesh. Everything that's out, like basara, it's on the outside. Inside of the mouth does not have to come in contact with the water. The whole machluk as well is by when a person was tame, tame mason, he's being sprinkled by the paraduma waters. That's where the dispute is. Rebbe Madamal Tuma. Rebbe compares it to Tuma. Just as the tongue is considered exposed regarding Tuma, so too is considered exposed for sprinkling. Rabbanan compared it to Tvila and a mikvah. The tongue is considered hidden for Tvila, so do it's hidden in regard to the sprinkling. Says more of by They're both arguing. They're not just arbitrarily comparing one, they're arbitrarily comparing it to the other. It's based upon this passage. The one who is tar sprinkles on the one who is tame. So since it says he purifies with the, tam, with the, with the, with the person who is tame, so it's mashma that the sprinkling should be to the organ that can be makabal the tumma. So what did we say? That the tongue could. Be makabal the tumma. It's considered exposed for tumma. So, so too, that can be considered exposed in regard to receiving the sprinkling water. Yeah, but it's compared to going to the mikvah and the pasuk. So, it has to be an organ that needs to be tovel in the mikvah. So, just when a person is going to the mikvah, they don't have to open their, their mouth and allow the water to touch the tongue. So, too, by sprinkling, it's not effective if it hits the tongue. How come the rabbana aren't comparing it to tumma? They prefer learning purity from purity. Better to learn that it has to hit a limb that has to go in the mikvah. That makes more sense. For Rabbi Nadam Latvila, why doesn't Rabbi compare it to Tvila? In the Pasuk, the Chibis Bukadav is an interruption. The sprinkling is not right next to the person going to the mikvah in the Pasuk. So therefore, rather, we compare it to the person becoming Tameh and it's considered exposed. Says the Gemara, it seems like a contradiction. Rabbi, this is one of the most Yisraelistic Gemaras, Rabbi said. A little Gemara. It's the most halachas, most of the shilas you get about going, someone going to the mikvah come. In this next little line here. Does Rebbe really hold that regarding going to the mikvah, the tongue is considered hidden, and therefore it doesn't have to emerge? There's a story with a slave woman from Rebbe's house. She went to the mikvah. But also she came out. There was a bone that was stuck between her teeth. Rebbe said she has to go to the mikvah again. Why? Because there's a din of chatzitza. When a person goes to the mikvah, it has to be, there can't be anything that's interposing between the flesh and the mikvah. So Rabbi said that this bone that was stuck between her teeth, that was a chatzitza, so it's no good. So what's the kasha? Over here, we very clearly see if it's a chatzitza that the water has to go there. The whole din of chatzitza is that the water should go. There shouldn't be anything interposing between, the, between, between the, where, the, where the water is going and, and the body. The problem is, we're saying the, the tongue is, is considered a hidden thing for tefillah, meaning that you don't have to open up your mouth when you go. So who cares if there's a chatzitza that's stuck in between her teeth? Says the Gemara, you're right, the water does not have to get inside. But we require that the mouth be a place which is fit for the water to enter. Which means that there is a chatzitza on all of the holes of the body as well. And we're saying, alumnus, that even though the water doesn't have to go there, it has to be fit 
for the water to go there. What in the world is the, is the logic in that? If the water doesn't have to go there, why do I care if it's fit for the water to go there? Says the Gemara, because Reb Zeir lives like Reb Zeir's rule. Regarding a, mikvah, regarding a mincha, the Torah says you should mix it. However, mixing is not, is not ma'akev. It only says it once. If you don't mix the mincha, you don't mix the flour and the oil, it's still good. However, it says in the Mishnah Menachas that if I have a disproportionate amount, I have so much flour and too little oil so it cannot be mixed, the mincha is no good. So the Gemara says, why is it no good? I thought if you don't mix it, it's fine. So Rabbi Zeir explained, no. If it's fit for, for blending, to fit for mixing, and bila if it's not fit, then it's ma'akev. So too, in the same vein, we're going to say here, the water doesn't have to go there, but it has to be fit for the water to go there. So these are all sorts of shilas things that get stuck in the teeth, other parts of the body, other holes that we have a shayla from Chatzitzah, all because of our Gemara. Says the Gemara Tanai, this machlokas, about the testicles are considered exposed or hidden, is really a machlokas between the Tanah. The Pasuk says, when it's speaking about blemishes, again, the site of a blemish is that it's gullies exposed, and the whole Indian of why it's exposed, the, the, the Rishonim explained, just to understand the concept, is that that's what's disgraceful about it. If it's on a hidden part of the body, it's not so disgraceful to bring such a thing. It's not seen, it's not exposed, it's not visible. But when it's exposed in that way, so then it, it, it's something wrong with it, so that's a disgrace to bring that to the Abishah. So what does the Pasuk say? So all of these are issues in the general area. Generals are squashed, crushed, torn, severed. The Pasuk says those are an issue. So what's it talking about? So one time it says, it's all referring to the testicles. All these damages to the testicles is a blemish. So Clearly, he holds that the beitzim are considered exposed. So first, the gemara just says, "What's going on? Beitzim below bagid. It's only an issue in the testicles and not the gid itself. In other words, if the testicles are exposed, and clearly the gid is exposed. So the gemara says, "Ella bekulan after beitzim deberbiyuda. Even these things could even be if the damage is to the testicles. Of course, to the gid that's exposed, but even if they're only to the testicles, it's still considered a mum. The price continues. No, kulan bagid. All the blemishes are only if it's into the gid because it's exposed, but the testicles are not because they're encased." Then it's not a mummer. For the squash and crush that applies to the testicles. Because what? It's noticeable when they're squashed or when they're squashed or crushed. Not so for cars, but regarding torn or severed, there it does not a problem, but good in, but baits him low. Because there, it's not so noticeable. So he's coming out with an interesting, with an interesting hachra between the different types of damages. What's relevant to us is that the machlokas, uh, the, the issue by us, if, if, the, if the master strikes the testicles of the slave and now, does the slave go free? So this would come out. This would be a machlekes hatanoim that we're drawing from here. Okay, very good. We finished that sugi. We finished the sugi from Evikinani. Now we're still on a, in a big, big tangent. The tangent is all different methods of kinyanim that we make for different items. We started with an isha. We got all the way to Evikinani. And now we're going to continue to animals. So just to understand that when you have metalzal and something which is moved, you cannot acquire bekesef. It cannot be acquired with money. It might be a takana rabbanim, it might be a daraisa. So that's machlokas of yochanan reish lakish b'akupanim. There is no kesef. Kesef is certainly not used. So what do you use? And this is you say, by movables, in order to be kona movables, you have to do something like to the animal. But there are different names, there are different types of things that you can do to the animal. So for example, there could be hagba. Hagba is the simplest. Hagba means I pick up. I pick up the item. And that's usually like the most intuitive thing for a light thing, which I just pick up. Like that would be the simplest thing. There's misira. Misira is when you hand over something which controls it. So like, let's say I have an animal. So I have, I have reins, reins to the animal. So I can hand over the reins. Or I could have something like mashicha, which is where I pull the animal uh, by itself. Those are the different types of kinyan. So again, what do we have? We have hagba, where you pick something up. We have Mesira, where you hand over what controls the animal, like handing over the range, you know, handing over the keys. Or you have Meshicha, which is drawing the animal 
closer pulling it towards oneself. So now we try to figure out what types of kinyanim should be done on animals. So the Mishnah starts off, If I have a large animal, then the way to make a kinyan on it is through Mesira. So basically you have big animals and you have small animals. When we say big animals, you know, cattle, horses, donkeys, stuff like that. Not a sheep or a goat. That's the point here. So Mesira is the way to do it. So it seems like this, that the other ones... Um, just, to, just to understand that of all the methods that we have, Hagba is not going to be the best one here because Hagba, it's not normal to go ahead and pick up a horse, right? That's not, that's not a normal thing to do. And whenever it's not a normal Misa, then it's not going to be the most preferable method of Kenyan. So therefore, this Tana holds that Hagba is not, is, is not going to be the right, the, right, the right thing. Now, what about Mashiach? The Tana doesn't say anything about Mashiach. The Tana says Mesira. So Rashi Shita, if you take a look at Rashi, Nikdis very important Rashi. By the most from right? He hands it over with the reins. Rashi Shita is that if it says Mesira, it means to the exclusion of Mesira. Rashi understands that Mesira is not effective for large animals. It's uncommon for the person to lead it, uh, you know, without, 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 without specifically taking the reins or something like that. So basically, Rashi Shita is that Mashiach is good only when it's normal to, to handle it in that way. So it's pretty simple, according to this town or the way Rashi learns, is that you have to do the mice which is normal to show the control. You don't normally pull a large animal. You, you, there's something which controls it, let's call it the reins. So you're handing over the reins, that's the way that you show the bailas. But Hagbah and Mashiach are not going to be the way to be done. The basic side here is that you got to do the most, like there's like a preferred way of doing the Kenyan, which is the normal way of, of, of uh, expressing the Bailas. That's what it seems like Shita's Rashi is. So that's, the, that, that's for Mimakasa, you do Mesira. V'adaka, for a small animal, V'adbah, you lift it up. Because here, what's the Pshat? And Dr. Rashi again, V'loba Mashiach. Again, Rashi's going to say, Na Mashiach. Because the idea is that's what's normal for it. Adaka is normal simply to pick it up. Devri, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Lezer. These are the opinions of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Lezer. However, the Hamimimim, the Hamadaka for a small animal, Nigdis bin Mashiach, is Nigdis bin Mashiach by, by pulling it. In other words, the Chachamim are saying even small animals are not things which are normally lifted. The Chacham don't hold of that. It's an animal. You don't normally, you're not normally picking it up. So therefore, Agba is not the regular thing. And, um, and therefore, Mishicha is the normal way of doing it. And again, the, the basic idea would be that if it's Mishicha, then of course Mishira. The point is Mishira is the most preferred. And then Mishicha, if it's normal, and you always have Agba whenever it's normal. So that's what it would seem like is that the first time, I know I'm here, Rameer and Rebbe Lezer, so they're saying on a big animal, only Mishira, not Agba, not Mishicha. On a Daka, you could get, you could get Agba as well. Right? So Chachamim are saying that Rameer Daka, you don't do Agba. Because it's not so normal. Yeah, but they're saying Mashiach or Mesira would be good. Says the Gemara right away. Darish Rav Bekim Chunya. Rav Darshaned in a town called Kim Chunya. Rav said, Mamish not like the Mishnah. Rav said that a large animal is acquired with Mashiach. So it's Mamish not like the Mishnah, the way Rashi learned. Because what do we say? That Bema Gasa's nickdays been Mesira. And according to Rashi, Mesira is the exclusion of Mashiach. Mashiach is not normal on a big, large animal. So Ashka Shmuel told me the Rav Shmuel found the Talmud of Rav Amalu. He said to me, Yomar Rav, Bema Gasa nix Mashiach. Did Rav really say that a large animal is required by Mashiach? And not Mesira Tanan. The Mishnah said, Be Mesira. Furthermore, another problem for Rav Nami Mesira, my Rav also said at other times that the way to make a Kenyan on a large animal is to do Mesira, to give over the reins. So the Gemara says, Other Mimihi, what's going on? Is Rav just retracting from what he said? What's the Pshari? So it says the Gemara Amar Kaitana. Rav is just going, following a different Tana. What the Mishnah said is not all the Tana of the Tana. Bryce says, 
Both large animals and small animals are nicknames for Mashiach. According to this Chachamim over here, there's no distinction large and small animals. Both you can do Mashiach and of course, certainly Mesira. So this is the idea regarding large animals in the Mishnah, the Chachamim, large animals, you have to do Mesira and not Mashiach. According to the Braisa, Mashiach as well could be done on a small animal and this is what Rav was following. Now we learn, just as coming up, it's another opinion. Actually, to make a Kenyan, you got to do Hagba. Shimon says, even on a large animal, you could pick it up. And if you could pick it up, that's the only way to do it. You got to pick it up. So Rabbi Shimon is agreeing that small animals should have Kenyan of Hagba. But he's saying that this is the halacha by the large animals as well. As well, So it really comes out, it's a little bit confusing. It really seems like there's like four different shitas here in the Tanam about what to do. In the Mishnah, Rameir and Rabbi Lezer were saying on large animals, you only do Mesira. You should only do a Mesira. And, and on the small animals, you do Hagba. And then we have the Chachamim in the Mishnah who agree that the large animals are a Mesira, but for a small animal, it's Mashiach and Mesira. We have the Chachamim in the Brisa, who was both the large animals and the small animals, both Mashiach and Mesira. And then we have Rabbi Shimon saying that Hagba is done on both. Hagba is done on both. So it's an interesting, different perspectives. Again, they seem to be arguing all about like what's the normal, most preferred way of demonstrating the Bailas. So now the Gemara just wants to understand Rabbi Shimon from a practical standpoint. If a large animal you have to pick up, how are you going to pick up an elephant? What am I going to do? How is this even practical here? How, does, how, does, how, does this, how is this going to work? So the Gemara gives a few methods. I'm going to buy a chalipin. First of all, you could always do kinyan chalipin. Chalipin, it's interesting. It's a, it's a kinyan that you make without actually touching the item. The whole yesoid of the chalipin is that we're saying we're swapping this for that. So let's say I make it with a kinyan, like a sudr. I use a, a kerchief. So the whole point is that when we switch the kerchief, when the, when the, when the, when the seller accepts the, uh, the kerchief. So then the idea is he's exchanging the kerchief which he received for the animal. So that can be a Kenyan for that and that's effective for all types of objects. You always you can use a Khalifa. You could always rent the place, the place on which it stands. So that's a different Kenyan. That's a Kenyan Chatzar. Again, you don't have to demonstrate anything on the item itself. You don't have to move the item itself. It just now becomes in the Chatzar. So you rent the place on which it stands. Now you're the owner of the place and now that's Kenyan Chatzar. But now we say a different trap. You could bring four kalim and put them beneath the feet. So he enters into the rishot. So in other words, besides for renting the place, you can take your kalim, your big massive buckets, put it under, put it under his feet, and then he'll step in them. So what does that do? That means he's entering the domain. He's entering the chatzar that's being represented by the kalim. So that means that domain doesn't have to be like a literal courtyard. It could even be kalim. So the Gemara says, well, wait a second. Do we really say that the vessels of a buyer could be kone when they're in the domain of the seller? Meaning, it's true that my kalim are my domain. You could understand that abstractly. If I'm in a neutral zone, my kalim, what's in my kli, it's like it's in my domain. But if I'm in your house, and my kalim are in your house, what is something that's in my kli? Where is it? Is it really in my kli or it's just overall bottle to your rishos? It's a very lumdish point that if you're, this mocher is transacting to the, to, to the lokech, if the lokech brings his kli to the mocher's rishos, the, the lokech's kli doesn't establish this is my place, my domain, when it's in an overall domain where it's bottled to. So therefore, and that's what we say in Baba Basra. So how can we say over here that putting the four buckets and the elephant under the legs and the elephant goes in them, it's like coming into the domain of the buyer. 
says, we're talking about a neutral zone. It's a simta. It's not the seller's rishos. The simta is like a little alleyway off the street. It's a neutral zone. Anyone's allowed to put stuff down there and then it could work. Enam, he says, you want to know another way it could work? You put a bundles of vines in front of the feet and they're high, you know, at least three talk them high and it steps up. So it's interesting because even though you're not actually, you know, like picking it up, but it seems that you're, you're making it go up. That's the idea. Once you're making it go up, and, and, and you cause it to go up, that would be a Kenyan Hagba. So to summarize, according to Rabbi Shimon, that large animals can only be Kona with Hagba, that means when you're doing a Pu'ula on them. So either you can make it go up, but there's also alternative methods of being Kona that don't require making a Pu'ula on them. You can make a Chalipin, you could, or, you could be, or you can make a Kenyan Chatzar, or the Gemara is giving at the very end a practical way of making it go up as well.